A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to episode 89 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I am your host, Jack Rico, and on this episode, I am joined by Latina music journalist from Rolling Stone magazine, Isabela Raigosa, on how U.S. Latinas owned the MTV VMAs this year. What does that say about the dismissal of Latin American artists? You know, the ones who speak Spanish? Well, we also talk about that Maluma performance that has left some scratching their heads including me. We'll break down the good and the bad of Maluma's VMA performance. Then, how many of you have heard the rule that you can't bring food into a movie theater? Is it true or a massive myth? I called three big movie chains and asked them point blank about their food policy. Hi, thank you for calling AMC Lincoln Square. How can I help you? Stick around to hear exactly what they told me. I'm joined now by Isabela Raigosa, who is a Latina music journalist who writes for Rolling Stone Magazine and Remezcla. Hey, Isabela. Hey, how's it going, Jack? Super cool. Listen, so before we get to the VMAs, Latinas, and Maluma, I wanted to talk to you briefly about the article you recently wrote, The 50 Greatest Latin Pop Songs. I know it was a team effort for Rolling Stone Magazine, but this must have been very difficult to kind of just condense down to 50. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. How was uh, reporting on that and researching that and 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 curating those songs? Well, the, the curation of it was pretty easy because uh, we basically set it up um, as per year. So, but in terms of se- selecting, you know, what we had there, uh, it was challenging because when we think about pop, pop is such a huge umbrella, and pop throughout the decades has been consistently redefined uh you know we how do you define pop music well anything that is popular uh and and that's how it's been defined even when pink floyd back in the 60s was considered a pop band you know and today (laughs) (laughs) we don't think about them that way but i would say that that would be the more general way like uh for example reggaeton is synonymous nowadays with latin pop uh where Maybe in a different uh, Latin American country, um, in Mexico, uh, precisely, I had a conversation with a with an editor of Rolling Stone Mexico who was arguing, saying that, well, we don't define reggaeton as pop here. But I'm saying in the U.S., because of the market, they are actually making uh, they're they're climbing up the pop charts on billboards. So, yeah, they do become pop. So it's very tricky, you know, and 
with uh, Salsa, with Fania Records as well. Like they obviously did not start pop as a pop by then, but then uh, based on the population of people really like being influenced by these these roots of salsa and making music that are like Mark Anthony, Mark Anthony today, the salsa now he's considered a pop Latin pop artist. So uh, we basically, uh, uh, obviously, yes, it was a collective uh, effort, but we looked into one what was like hitting the charts, you know, like in terms of statistics, but also what are some uh songs that have gone past the radar we wanted to have a mix of everything and not make and not replicate any type of chart um right throughout the did you get any feedback any uh criticism or constructive criticism yeah. regarding this for example number one benny more bonito y sabroso did anybody go wait a minute what are you talking about that's not the greatest pop song latino pop song of all time yeah well we uh, there are songs like like that one and even Daniela Romo to uh, uh oh my yeah. goodness I remember her <laughs> because there are more there are artists that are obviously more popular than that but I feel that even just obviously these lists are always going to be controversial and no one is ever going to be 100% satisfied with with what's selected but a lot of the criteria that we did we wanted to really span the decades starting from the 50s so that was really important for us to not heavily weigh it on more contemporary music, but spanning it through what has been, what has actually had a uh, um, a mark in 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 pop culture history. Whether it's been a pop culture presence, whether it's been them rating on the charts, whether they they these artists have sold out stadiums, whether it was a concert staple. So we definitely look at different angles when selecting these songs, not just necessarily on the, the ratings. Well, you can go check it out in RollingStone.com, the 50 greatest Latin pop songs. It's on right now. So let's get into it. Did you get a chance to see the VMAs? Yeah, well, yeah, I I skimmed it. You know, I, I, I recently saw like a lot of the videos. I didn't actually see it live, but I, I was... Why is that? Like- Why is that? Because that was the same situation that happened with me. And I don't know if it's an age thing or, or is it that... You know, these VMAs are always so chaotic and never really yeah. fully structured. Well, obviously, they did have a very fundamental role in the 80s when it was they were dominating, you know, the TV ratings. And it did have a very alternative and, and bold uh, introduction. And it really did define a couple eras, like the 90s and the early 2000s. There was a lot of historical moments that happened with I that agree. when Kanye West called out Taylor Swift, when... Britney Spears performed barely nude. So there's a lot of these moments that we've had. And what's actually funny, because I was recently researching just the, the, the ratings, um, and I read that uh, viewership dropped by 50% in the past three years. So to me, that was wow. insane. Um, and I do feel that a lot of it, a lot of the chaos that you're describing is because they want to uh, approach the ceremony through different ways. So they're obviously... Yeah, they're the anti-Grammys. Oh, yeah. They're the anti-establishment. That's exactly what their whole mission wow. statement is. yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> a couple of things from watching the VMAs, and what stood out to me were the three big winners of the night. First winner, Cardi B Best New Artist, Dominicana. Then you got uh, Jennifer Lopez, who won the Vanguard Award, which is their like lifetime award, and Puerto Riqueña. And then you had the shocker of the night, Camila Cabello mm-hmm. Cuban, Cuban-American who beat out Beyonce and Drake and everybody else 
And I was like, wow, okay, they yeah. gave it to her, Una Guanita, that just started out. It's her yeah. debut album and already won video of the yeah. year. That's a little shocking. And then I saw the Maluma mm-hmm. performance. So let's handle the 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 females mm-hmm. first. And one of the big questions I wanted to ask you is, what does that say about women, Latina women doing Latino music, or at least that Latino vibe of music um, versus male Latinos in the mainstream music? What's interesting about these these three women is that they they actually already entered the American market. They didn't necessarily cross over from Latin America to the United States, True. whereas the males are actually from like like countries from Latin America, like Colombia, like Puerto Rico, DR. So all of these artists already made their rep with that. So I think that it's a bit safer for the VMAs mm. to uh, uh, at least heavily host uh, people from uh, the states because it's more accessible, obviously, to to the audiences. They 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 all sing in English, but they, everybody um, with those three women obviously always pay tribute to their heritage they always mention where they're from they you know uh, uh collaborate with a lot of the latino artists as well so i don't necessarily identify a, a specific pattern of them just being female but i do that they are from the state so now let's take a look at maluma's performance um when i found out and i found out through twitter that maluma was performing at the vmas i was a little bit just <laughs> verklempt uh not because he doesn't deserve it but because it's a head yeah. scratcher like what what it just felt it's random. So random i felt i felt the same way <laughs> and i was like maluma and singing in spanish i mean it was a bit of a head scratcher but look here's the good and the bad of maluma's vma performance the good was we get to celebrate a latino artist I mean, historically, they don't even nominate us. It's like we don't even exist in the MTV universe. I mean, there's an MTV Latin America, but in MTV, Hispanics don't really exist. So to have Maluma perform there is great. The fact that he sang in Spanish, I mean, what was the last time that you really heard Mm -hmm. anyone speak Spanish or singing Spanish or a whole performance in Spanish Mm -hmm. on the MTV VMAs? I think Shakira was like the last time. Yeah. That was like a decade ago. So this is a rare thing. So that causes a celebration to hear our language. But here's the bad part. The majority of the people in there are white and black. They're American, English-speaking Americans. So it's hard for them to follow up with the song. They probably never even heard of the song. This was supposed to be the Ricky Martin legacy performance. That performance that would shoot Maluma into stardom. That this morning, every single entertainment outlet would be talking about this incredible, energetic, Grammy-like Ricky Martin performance that we never got. He's barely about to break break in. Uh, he he didn't have the following in terms of the American audience. Like, um when he performed last year at the Latin Grammys, the same song, he got censored a lot because there's some racy lyrics there. And to me, the way that I described it then was that he was trying to pull a Jim Morrison on the Ed Sullivan show. Uh, but it doesn't have the same effect today because back then you risk being banned by television like in your career and your career would be ruined. Should we compare Maluma more like Prince Royce in what he was trying to do? I mean, I think his crossover into the mainstream market was a fail i I don't necessarily think that worked here here's a latino pop star right bachatero Mm -hmm. 
but who doesn't sing like super racy, edgy. Mm-hmm. He's 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 he he was kind of born as a wholesome, nice yeah. kid that then became a little bit more sexy. Um they I really put a lot of investment. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez did a duet with them, and it didn't work. None of the songs went to number one. This there was no Despacito. He wasn't in the top mm-hmm. ten of the Hot 100 Billboard in a year where it felt like almost every Latino star, every Latino singer was making a top ten last year um, right. or this year, and you didn't see Prince Royce really make a lot of rumble. So, yeah. do you think that Maluma's crossover career? is going to end up like either Prince Royce, Romeo Santos, or Ricky Martin. It might end up, if you're giving me those three options, I would probably say... I'll throw in Prince- Luis Fonsi. I'm not going to... No, I think you're. it's more closer to uh, Prince Royce, but, I mean, they do have different foundations. Like, I mean, Prince Royce was primarily known as a bachata singer, and for a second there... Uh, it seemed like it was going to make the Latin pop charts like or it was going to be, become a mainstay in, in the charts uh, as Romel Santos was definitely just like really firing it up. But um, I think that uh, with the reggaeton sound, uh, pop reggaeton sound, um, it, it it's something that it, it, if, if more hits uh, that are really good continue to happen, that that people can actually like investors can invest money and actually put in the marketing be, uh, it requires that, like like you said, having a great publicist, people really putting in the cash to really get to uh, that exposure. Then it depends on how many people uh, are willing to continue uh, founding his 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 career. I think his management. I don't know what the strategy is, and I can't see it. I think they think there's something that works there. But I think it's I think it's the the sex appeal, uh, sex sells, and they're definitely cashing in on that. But with a male perspective, they're using that uh, as a very strong uh, element to his selling selling his work. Um, obviously, with just these formulaic, catchy reggaeton pop hits to to boot, but it's definitely the image for him. To me, Isabella. The way to crack into the American market, eventually, if that's what these artists want to do. What does Ricky Martin, Enrique Iglesias, Jennifer Lopez, Mark Anthony, Shakira all have in common? Pitbull, what do they all have in common? They sing in English. Yes. They all sang in Spanish at one point. Yes. And they all decided to sing in English. And where are they now? still jamming out, still doing concerts after 20 years in the business after they broke out. A lot of these people are still here because they sing in English. So this idea of Romeo Santos, Juanes, mm-hmm. uh, Maluma, again, it's the echo chamber where where we're forcing you to learn another language. Come on, it's, it's really difficult. People don't even want to read anymore. That's why the newspaper business and magazines are going out. So to force somebody to put that work in to learn Spanish, to fin- it's too much work, guys. You're not taking yeah. care into consideration. You're not taking into consideration uh, people's time, the difficulty of knowing another language. I know for you, it'd be great to have all white people and all black people speak Spanish, but that's not reasonable. That's not sensible for, for, for people to do because we don't, Koreans don't ask us to do that. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I just think if he came out with an English language song and Taylor Swift, I think it would have been 
a smart, strategic move. Him and Jay-Z or him and somebody that, that, that everybody loves and that allows him to be introduced and then maybe sing an English language song that's maybe Spanglish. Yeah. But none of that happened. And this, I felt, was forced. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily think people were like, what do I do with this? I don't know whether to, <laughs> what kind of song is that? Is that salsa? Because I know there's a salsa version with Mark Anthony. I, I just, I was a little, I didn't know what to think. I, I, I was like. Just for the fact that nobody really in the audience uh, recognized him and he doesn't have, you know, a long career for anyone to actually reference or like a global I mean, hits. He is he is like a billion streaming uh, viewed man, but he has that in his name. But obviously, that comes from like mainly Latin or Spanish speaking people that that see his work. But I think it's a good experiment to actually, you know, make a bold risk. You know, to come into this uh, show that is like you know revered and globally acclaimed throughout the years. Yes, it has plummeted in the past years, but to just you know do an experiment and maybe that's also the producers trying to find a new approach to you know maybe cause a commotion or you know start a conversation um in that sense it's cool um i don't even though let's say that he did screw it up i don't think there's uh things as bad publicity or good Mm, publicity because as long as someone is still talking about you 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 are you know you are being talked about and that can only work to your benefits I agree. And before I let you go, Isabella, wanted to ask you about the Madonna Aretha Franklin moment. There's been a lot of backlash and controversy mm-hmm. about this. Aretha Louise Franklin changed the course of my life. I've heard both sides of the coin. So the first side of the coin was I can't believe that this is all about Madonna. You know, she mm-hmm. came out there instead of attributing Aretha Franklin, all she did was talk about herself. Uh, And then when Camila Cabello accepted it, you know, she was just like, yeah, whatever. I know you love me. I know you revere me. Whatever. Keep on, little girl. But Oh, my God. Seriously. (laughs) uh, But then there's the other side. When she was confronted and uh, they asked her the same question, it's like, hey, what was that all about? She said, first of all, I didn't go there to do a tribute to Aretha Franklin. I actually went there to just introduce the video for the best video of the year. Mm-hmm. And that was supposedly the thing I was brought in. And then all of a sudden, last oh, wow. minute, they were like, oh, hey, can you do the Aretha Franklin uh, tribute? Okay. Just just, just do an anecdote about wow. something that you felt uh, where she inspired you or influenced you in any way. And just give an anecdote. The anecdote mm-hmm. was a little bit long-winded. I'll agree mm-hmm. with that. But if I was in her situation, I probably would have done the same thing, told the story. It's live television. You're not reading a prompter. You're telling your own story. So, you know, it could be a little long-winded and there's nobody there that's happening to say, hey, can you shorten it down? They probably never rehearsed it. Mm -hmm. So there's a part of me that understands Madonna very well. Where do you lie on both sides of the coin? Well, to be honest, I didn't hear about the latter of, of it being such a very last minute decision for her to give an anecdote uh, in regard to Aretha Franklin. I um, initially, when I saw it being surprised without having the background information, uh, would think along uh, everybody else where, oh, wow, there she is talking about herself when, you know, she should be, you know, uh, honoring, you know, giving something more like, uh, you know, appropriate, like and not just turn it back to her but when you tell me that then I'm like okay then that's totally fair but where I will disagree is when she 
still made a comment uh, about when she first uh, rehearsed, I mean, when she first performed in the VMAs in the 80s and did Like a Virgin and then she lost her shoes, she came out of this cake or something. Mm-hmm. So I think that maybe maybe she could have just left that out because yep. that there was there was nothing related to her entire speech uh, for her to actually tie that in. 5% of the speech was about Aretha. The other yeah. 95% was really about her. And I yeah. think that's just Madonna. Yeah, that's that's what she's known for. And I mean, I feel like they, the, the producer should have just selected somebody else and somebody could have... Right. Anybody uh, in that audience could have done it. Speech. Any legend yeah. could have done it. Anyone that actually collaborated or worked with her or was influenced highly by her. Which could have been easy to find. Bueno, Isabela Raigosa, muchísimas gracias. Thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about the VMAs, the Latin influence, Maluma's long-term perspectives in the mainstream <laughs> industry, and this Madonna Aretha Franklin little debacle that happened. Uh, what do you got coming up next for Rolling Stone? Uh, for Rolling Stone, I have this article coming up uh, on Alita, this Brazilian uh, a baile funk, a reggaeton pop singer who's also sort of poised to be the, a crossover star. Uh, people are buzzing that she might be like a next Shakira. Who knows? That's I think that that's a Jesse Reyes thing. I think Jesse Reyes is is amped up to be the next crossover Latina star. Yeah, that her as well. So, um, and I think that this is good because we never really had a Brazilian sort of represent like Latin music as often. Right. So to see somebody like singing trilingually, like Portuguese, Spanish, and now English, collaborating with Rita Ora, Pharrell, uh, even uh, uh, who else? I forgot. But it, it's a lot of really good uh, uh, stars that are really just lining up with her. J Balvin did a, a single with her uh, downtown. She won a hit of the year this year for that song. And she did some stuff with Major Lazer and Diplo. So um, I'm really excited about her work. That's coming up this week on Rolling Stone. So that's that's one thing. Awesome. All right. Muchísimas gracias, Isabela. We'll talk to you soon. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yes. Saks Underwear recently released their new undercover collection made of super soft cotton modal. It keeps you cool no matter what. The result is that it's breathable, moisture wicking, and resistant to odor. They're also the only men's underwear I use because of the ballpark pouch. It has these internal mesh panels that keep everything in place. There's nothing else out there like these. I want you to try Saks as well, so I work with Saks Underwear on a limited time deal just for you. Shop from anywhere on their site and get $5 off, plus free shipping on your first purchase. But you need to use my promo code HIGHLYRELEVANT at checkout. Order a few pairs of Saks right now with this great offering. Go to Saks Underwear at saxxunderwear.com, that's Saks with two X's, and use the promo code HIGHLYRELEVANT at checkout. Remember, saxunderwear.com, promo code Highly relevant. The other day I saw an email from Quora.com where someone asked what the greatest lie society ever told us was. And one guy responded, the fictitious rule that you couldn't bring food into a movie theater. Now, at first I didn't believe this guy's answer because I had spent a whole childhood finding creative ways to sneak in chips, chocolate bars, sodas into the movies. But then I called two movie chains and an independent theater, AMC, Regal Cinemas, 
and the Angelica Film Center to kind of just gauge a true sense for whether you can bring food into a movie theater or not. And I was shocked at what they told me. Hi, they were calling AMC Lincoln Square. How can I help you? Hi, how are you? Um, I wanted to know, what's your policy for bringing in food into the theater? Um, we're not very strict on it, but if you are carrying like a four course meal, then you're, you're obviously not going to be able to get inside the, the theater. Yeah. So what are, wh- but we're not entirely strict about it. Got it. So I can just bring in some food as long as it's not, uh, outrageous. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like if you want to bring in like some chips or anything like that, you know, you can totally, you know, go ahead. A sandwich, gonna... a burrito, my book bag. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. And your book bag? Yeah. Nobody's going to check your book bag. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Okay. No problem. Have a good day. Well, as you can see, AMC is pretty lax with their food policy, especially if it's in your book bag. I'm never going to forget that one again. I then called Regal to see if they too allowed food to be brought in. Thank you for calling the Regal Cinemas. You walk Stadium 13. Is Erica speaking? How may I help you? Uh, hi, Erica. I uh, wanted to know what your policy is for bringing in food into the theater. There's really like no outside food that can be brought inside. I can't bring in chips in my bag. Oh, you can bring chips, but as far as like food, like a pizza or burger, uh, you might have to finish it in the the lobby. Got it. So if it's pizza, burgers, a burrito, I can't bring that in. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's like chocolate bars, gummy bears, uh, chips, Doritos. Uh, and maybe something to drink, right? A Coke in a bottle? Yeah, you can... Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, so Regal seems to be not as lax as AMC. Like, for example, hot food, probably not a good idea. It's going to have to be finished right outside, but you can bring in cold food, no problem. Then I called the Angelica Film Center. It's a popular indie movie theater here in New York that many New Yorkers go to, uh, and just to see if their rules were any different. Thank you for calling Angelica Film Center. This is Jordan. How can I help you? Hey, Jordan. Uh, besides having a cool name, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh-huh. Uh, what is your policy for bringing in food into the theater? Well, uh, we're anti-bringing food into the theater, but if you have like leftovers or something, you know, it'll be, it'll be fine. Got it. So, I mean, like, what would be something outrageous? Uh, what, well, give me an example. I mean, now chips, some gummy bears, you know, a chocolate bar along with maybe a bottle of Coke. I mean, that you know. kind of stuff. Uh, I would say if you could bring it in like a bag or something. Right, uh, like a, my book bag. Yeah, as long as you're not like being super blatant or anything, I think it'll be fine. All right, all right, cool. Well, thank you very much. No problem. There you go, folks. You can bring food into a movie theater. Jeez, <laughs> I can't believe I was lied for this long. So what I took away from these three calls is that theaters that I called do carry a food policy. They just don't enforce it as long as it is not excessive and obvious. In other words, you can bring in anything you want as long as it doesn't look like a meal you would eat at a restaurant. Uh, And it shouldn't be in plain sight either. Like, you know, a soggy slice of rice pizza while you're handing your ticket to the usher. Yeah. That's not only, like, rude, uh, that's kind of bold and challenging the guy. He's going to tell you to take that out. But, um, you know, it's interesting. To me, that's not good business, though. 
by actually enforcing the unenforced policy, you'd have no other choice than to buy the movie theater's food, which would make them tons of money because that's how they make money. That's how the movie theaters make real money. They make it by selling you food at the concession stand. So hopefully this info helped clarify some doubts you might have had since your childhood. I know it was for me. Um, And if you'd like to hear more of these segments, let me know. I'm on Twitter, Jack Rico Official. That is at Jack Rico Official. That's it for episode 89 of the Highly Relevant Podcast. I want to thank Isabella Raigosa for hanging out with me, and I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as well. If you'd like to support the show, you can do it by sharing the show on your social media and telling all your friends about it. Remember, it's through your word of mouth that our show can grow. I'm Jack Rico. See you next week on another episode of Highly Relevant. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.